Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi, everyone. Judge Andrew Napolitano here for Judging Freedom. Today is Tuesday, September 12th, 2023. Larry Johnson joins us now. Larry, uh, always a pleasure. Thank you very much Thanks, Judge. for joining us. I want to start with something unusual right off the bat, which is a CBS News uh, report in which David Martin, CBS's longtime uh, national security and Pentagon correspondent uh, apparently spent a lot of time with uh, General Milley, and there are a couple of scenes of him, of the two of them talking in this report. The report is a half an hour long. We're only going to show about, um, you know, a hundred, about a minute and a quarter. But towards the end of the report, uh, General Milley takes uh, David into a subterranean secure room and shows him, you can see on the wall, maps of Ukrainian positions. I just want your opinion on this, and then we'll get into uh, the state of the war. So here's that CBS, here's a portion of that CBS News report. And General Mark Milley, Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. What do you have up first this morning? About 10 minutes, I got a call with uh, General Zaluzhny. General Valery Zaluzhny, Commander of Ukraine's Armed Forces. I talk to him uh, every week as a minimum, sometimes twice a week, three times a week. That much? Mm It's 6.45 a.m. Three hours later, he takes us underground, deep in the bowels of the Pentagon, into a top-secret command center where all the intelligence collected from the battlefields of Ukraine is monitored by his staff. This is the crew that uh, keeps uh, Secretary and I informed on a day-to-day basis of what's happening out there in, in the current operation. How well can you see through the fog of war? from here. The fog and friction of war is always present, but our information systems are pretty good. Should those maps have been on air? Did they reveal national defense information of the type for which the young man uh, and uh, the National Guardsmen in Massachusetts and the former president of the United States were indicted for showing to others? No, they, they, they sanitized the place. They cleaned it up. You can see some of the signs on the computers in the back. They got J-33. That means operations. J-3 is ops. J-2, that's intelligence. So they've got the entire elements of the joint staff scattered around that room. And they're showing the map. Uh, the real story, what Martin should have said is, General, we're now three months into this offensive. These guys haven't even breached the first line. What's going on? Didn't even ask that. 
Well, within so, the general, what I pulled out is copy of the Wall Street Journal, which has been reporting consistently and only that the first line uh, has been breached. I don't know. I was surprised that he showed it at some point in history, maybe a day ago, an hour ago, four weeks ago. Those maps were valid and revealed sensitive intel information. I was just surprised to see them on national well, they can't, television. You're telling they, me I shouldn't be worried about it. Yeah, they can. You there are maps that can really show disposition of forces, but those maps, what he's showing, no different than what Ukraine publishes every day on uh, Ukraine ma a live map update. All right, uh, here uh, you you asked about the. Um, David Martin saying, hey, General, what happened to the offensive? Here is General Miley. I think he's standing next to his British counterpart. I'm not sure who this fellow is. It does, does not look like an American military uniform to me. You may recognize the, the gentleman or the uniform or both. But here's General Miley sort of hemming and hawing, but saying, well, they could still pull this off. The Ukrainians have achieved very steady progress, and they've maintained uh, a depth of combat power that is significant. And there's still a reasonable amount of time, probably about 30 to 45 days worth of uh, fighting weather left. So the Ukrainians aren't done. This battle's not done. And they haven't achieved, uh, they haven't uh, finished the fighting part of what they're trying to accomplish. So we'll see. It's too early to say how this is going to end. They at least have achieved partial success in what they set out to do. Uh, and then uh, we'll get the cold, as you mentioned. It'll start, uh, the, the, the rains will come in. It'll become very muddy and it'll be very difficult to maneuver at that point. And then you'll get the deep winter. Uh, and then at that point, we'll see where things go. But right now, uh, it is way too early to say that this offensive is failed or not failed. Uh, there's still heavy fighting going on. Uh, the Ukrainians are still plugging away with steady progress uh, through, the, uh, through the, uh, the various defensive belts that the Russians have put in place. Under oath, that's perjury. I mean, he can't possibly mean... Ukrainians are showing steady progress uh, in the offensive. He reminds me of the owner of the Washington Nationals baseball team. He was in last place, and hey, we we still got a chance. We might get to first place. <laughs> you know, it's, mm. it's not going to happen. The season's run out. They don't have enough games to play. And you know, Millie is—I uh, don't know if he's auditioning for his next job in the private sector, but it, it's just—it's just downright silly. On top of the fact that Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, contradicted him today, or maybe it was yesterday. I don't, I'm not sure exactly the moment of the interview, but Zelensky admitted, no, we've lost the counteroffensive. We've lost because we didn't, we didn't have air superiority is one of the, one of the excuses he uses. So uh, Milley and Zelensky at least are, don't have their story straight. Does uh, General Milley talk to General Zeluzny uh, every day, and does uh, Zeluzny... Uh, bow down to um, Millie because he wants the, the flow of arms and cash to keep coming? Well, they're talk, they talk at least once a week. And then if things are really going bad, maybe two to three times a week. But, uh, you know, Millie's trying to convince Zaluzhny to do what America thinks that they should do. Zaluzhny, to his credit, is pushing back against, because America's offering advice about something that's never done. I mean, Candidly, this is this is like some guy who wants to be a marriage counselor who's never been married, uh, trying to trying to suggest what you need to do. <laughs> you know, uh, this is uh, because we haven't. 
that we've been we've been fighting Iraq, we've been fighting the Taliban in Afghanistan. They don't have anything like what Russia's fielding against Ukraine. We're really in no position. We actually ought to be in there taking notes, trying to figure out what is it we need to do in the event we uh, we go to war with Russia. Here's uh, President Zelensky saying the uh, counteroffensive uh, took too long and the weapons didn't come when we asked for them. When we speak about the counteroffensive, it depends on many cases. Of course, we gave a lot of time for Russians. We gave a lot of time to prepare to mine. To, to put the mines in. To put the mines on the fields and on the big territory. And so you, you see the three defending lines. And that's because you were waiting for Western For the weapons. weapons. That's why I said it depends on many issues. We, we, look, we waited too long. It's true. No, I'm thankful to partners, to United States. I'm thankful very much, President Biden and to Congress. But we have to understand. We, first, we waited too long. They put mines. Then when we've been ready from the point of view of our partners, because the decision to give us, for example, Bradley or another kind of weapon, the decision, it doesn't mean the result. You don't get them immediately. Of course, the, of course you don't. Of course you don't. Well, does he, does he know what he's talking about? I mean, he must know that asking for a tank on Monday, it's not going to arrive on Thursday. <laughs> yeah, uh, glad to give you a hamburger today for, you know, something on it, Look, um, it is stunning that he's admitting that they've lost. That, 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 that should be the headline. Zelensky admits that they've lost. Now, he's blaming it sort of on the West, but you notice there at the end, oh, well, the, you know, I'm not, I'm not ungrateful. I'm so, so grateful for all the help they've given us. You know, you didn't, you did not have to be Clausewitz or Sun Tzu or some great military leader from the past to know that at the outset of this operation, Ukraine did not have any kind of air power that could pose any kind of threat to the Russians. And without that kind of air power, they, they were bound to fail. There were some of us that were saying that three months ago. And you know, now he's acknowledging it. Thank you very much, Captain Obvious. Here he is saying the opposite. Here he is saying the front lines are moving east. Fellow Ukrainians, at the end of this week, it is important to say a few things. First of all, the front line. Over the past seven days, we have advanced. There is movement in the Tavria directions. There is movement in the Bakhmut direction. Kupiansk and Lyman directions, Avdivka and Marienka, we are holding our ground there. I am grateful to all the warriors who make this possible. Every week, our warriors continuously keep the initiative in the hands of Ukraine. It is Ukrainian heroism that determines how this war will end. Is this just uh, for domestic uh, political consumption? Yeah, it's, I call it Ukrainian hokey pokey. You know, put the left foot in, put the left foot out, and put it in, and then shake it all about. That's what they're doing. They move a little bit forward. Hey, we moved. You know, we moved. <laughs> well, the question is, did you break through that first line of defense and destroy the Russian emplacements? And the answer to that is no, we didn't. And it goes back to what he was telling uh, Fareed Zakaria. Uh, we don't have the weapons that we need in order to do that. And so they've been throwing up manpower against these uh, Russian entrenchments and getting chewed up.
and 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 just decimated in ways that are just horrific. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm-mm-mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. You and I know uh, that they have not advanced beyond any of the Russian defenses. You and I know from your sources, McGregor's sources, Ritter's sources, etc., <clears throat> Uh, that they haven't even approached the first line right. of defense. Oh, but what does General David Petraeus say about this? Here he is. We're waiting for the Russians to crumble. Do you think that the geography and the geometry of the war still favors Ukraine and will get better? Depends on a number of different factors. Most significantly is whether or not Russian forces at some point crack and perhaps even crumble or even collapse. Again, that's not the base case necessarily. And that's certainly what those of us who are following this very, very closely are looking for. That's I think the key, the Ukrainians know that. The Ukrainians are fighting for their very survival. For This is their war of independence. Russian soldiers are not all that happy to be there in many cases. They certainly can't look over their shoulder and see who they're fighting for. There are slight cracks, but nothing like a real crumbling, much less a collapse. But that's, I think, what we need to watch for. That's what I'm sure the Ukrainians are trying to figure out how to precipitate. They can't precipitate a crack in uh, Russian defenses, can they? No, no. Uh, somebody needs to f- figure out what the, what hallucinogens uh, Dave Petraeus is using. Obviously, they make him very happy, and he's uh, but he's not in touch with reality. I mean, this is uh, what he's saying is absurd. Uh, it, it reflects just and, and Scott Ritter, I, I know, commented on this yesterday on your show as well. I mean, the Russians come out of a history of remembering the past. You know, we have trouble barely remembering 9-11. Certainly, nobody paid much attention this year to December 7th. But every year, you get what they call the March of Immortals throughout Russia of people carrying the pictures of their relatives that died in World War II. They remember. You heard Vladimir Putin just the other day addressing a group of school kids, and he was reading a letter that he got from his grandfather. And his grandfather was describing the death of Vladimir Putin's grandmother during World War II. She had been shot. She was already a mother, Vladimir Putin's uh, mother. But she, she had been shot and was dying. And her husband described the death of his wife in his arms. So this memory lives fresh with Russia. They know that they're fighting foreign invaders. And for Petraeus to say something so abjectly stupid 
Just re- I mean, it makes you wonder how in God's name could he ever get promoted to four stars? I guess because he just, uh, you know, kissed up to the right people. You yeah. and I have seen that in, in, in our careers, people who are disconnected from the truth, but they tell the boss what they believe the boss wants to hear. Sort of like what the CIA tells Jake Sullivan and when he's listening, uh, Joe Biden. Let me switch gears a little bit. How dangerous is it, if at all, I don't want to put words in your mouth, for the United States and the United Kingdom and a few other countries with smaller navies to be conducting war games now or next week, I guess, in the Black Sea. Yeah, I heard Doug say that, and I was what? oh, boy. Uh, that's going to be crossing a red line. You know, if that is true, and I know Doug was still trying to confirm whether or not it was true, but uh, if that is true, that the United States is going to conduct this, you know, freedom of navigation uh, uh, operation in the Black Sea. Uh, it, it is a high likelihood that it could result in a confrontation with the Russians, and that this would then escalate the conflict beyond a special military operation into a full-blown war. Well, certainly, and, uh, Secretary Austin and Secretary Blinken and National Security Advisor. Sullivan and presumably the president know this. Does he want to poke the bear? Does he want to run for re-election while we're fighting a war against Russia in their theater of war where they have a critical mass of military operations and we don't? Well, that's where it comes back to what David Petraeus was saying because it reflects the belief of a weakness on the part of Russia on a lack of capability to respond effectively. And so if you start with that premise that Russia's incapable, it's weak, therefore we can do basically what we want and we don't have any fear of retaliation, that, that, that's a miscalculation. Uh, you know, we've, we've used the analogy before of, uh, can, you know, I, I'm able to convince you that, oh, this Mike Tyson, he's a pushover. Just get in the ring and throw some punches at him. You'll beat him easy. Well, you'd be angry with me after the encounter because you would have said, Johnson, you lied to me. <laughs> All right. Uh, General or Colonel McGregor reports uh, about 400 from his sources, about 450,000 Ukrainian deaths. It's about 380, 387 military uh, and the rest so-called volunteers and foreign uh, mercenaries. If true, that number is extraordinary. If you extrapolate that onto the seven to one kill ratio, you see how few the Russians have lost and the percentage of their military gone and how great the Ukrainians uh, is the Ukrainian loss and the percentage of its military now gone. Well, part of that is based upon an article in the German paper, the Workers Daily, uh, and uh, it, they cited as of last fall, like uh, end of October, 1st of November, 372,000 KIA already then. And since then, there have been, I would estimate, at least another 130,000 KIA. So I think we're on well the, over. On the Ukrainian side or total? Uh, on the Ukrainian side. On the Ukrainian side. I think the Russians are hovering probably around 50,000 dead. But Again, it, you don't say, well, that's just Jer- Johnson's opinion. No, just step back, look at social media. The Russians and Ukrainians both have similar access to social media. You are not seeing 
graveyards in, in Russia that have flag upon flag upon flag of newly dug graves. You're seeing that all the time in Ukraine. In Ukraine, they're proposing to build a 600,000 uh, cemetery that can hold 600,000 dead. Oh. And that's, that you can see it from uh, satellite pictures where they're building it. You're not seeing that in Russia. And, you know, people say, oh, Russia's an authoritarian state. You know, without getting into that argument, the fact of the matter is with, so, with the ubiquity of cell phones and social media these days, Russia could not cover that up if they were having the kinds of casualties that Ukraine is. By contrast, you get, you get just not only the images, you had the head of, uh, of medical services for Ukraine, a woman, doctor, the other day, just, uh, just yesterday talking, uh, the horrific number of casualties. She was basically conceding that, you know, Ukraine, again, was losing, that there was nothing they could do about it. So does, what the, we're, does the humanitarian loss, like what you're talking about now, factor into decisions in the West Wing, like, wow, how much more of this can these people uh, tolerate? And maybe we should dial it back. Maybe we no. should call Putin and get together in Geneva. No, Biden, Biden, and his team don't care. There's a complete disregard for Ukrainian humanity in this. Uh, all they're all they're concerned about is trying to uh, weaken uh, Russia, with the ultimate goal of taking out Putin and gaining control of the natural resources of Russia, putting it under U.S. control. And with each passing week, the United States position becomes weaker and weaker because you've got. The North Korean leader, Kim Jong-un, now in Russia. Russia is expanding. You know, Doug McGregor used the term horizontal escalation, and that's exactly correct. The United States, Russia is now creating new problems that the United States is going to have to worry about. The G20 was a bust in contrast to BRICS. you got countries lining up to become members of BRICS. You don't have a waiting list of folks saying, oh, I want to become a member of the G20 so we can be equally irrelevant. Mm. Um, last subject matter, were you surprised when uh, Putin stated over the weekend that the Soviet invasions of Hungary and Czechoslovakia were wrong? No, not at all, uh, because Putin, despite, you know, the despite attempts in the in, uh, you know, the CIA and others to try to portray Putin as the reincarnation of Joseph Stalin, he's not. Uh, he is. Uh, by some training, a lawyer as well as an intelligence officer, and he has been free to admit and acknowledge mistakes that were made in the past, particularly by the Soviets. There, there's some criticism of him in Russia that he's considered too soft and too moderate, too, too reluctant to go out and engage in acts that would uh, risk escalating the war. But uh, you know, I think historians will look back on this period of time and say. Thank God Vladimir Putin was in charge because he was one of the only adults in the room on the world stage at the time. Larry, thank you very much for your time. We'll see you uh, on Friday afternoon for our uh, roundtable. Okay, see you then. Thanks. Thank you. All right, there you have it. Two uh, busy days. We put a lot of content uh, on the board, and I know you appreciate it. Uh, we're up to... We're up to 197,000 in the subscriptions. We'll reach that 200,000 mark uh, almost any day, certainly by early next week. 
Our goal, of course, is a quarter of a million uh, by Christmas time. Tell your friends, tell your colleagues, uh, tell your coworkers why you watch Judging Freedom, because you really don't get anywhere else the attitude about human life, about natural human rights, about American governmental restraint that you uh, get here. A lot of the uh, folks that are on with me were once regulars, as I was once, although I'm back on uh, Newsmax, uh, on cable television, uh, but they're not welcome there anymore. They're always welcome here. Help us spread the word because we are always looking out for your liberty.